My name is Rebby Kern, and you are listening to Fully Integrated, my journey to self-discovery, healing, and finding my truth. The moon would shine brightly in the sky. I always remembered seeing the face in the moon and seeing this masculine figure up in the sky. And we would howl. And my dad and I would go outside. We would find the moon. We would howl at the moon. And he would look at me and he would tell me, that's your moon. And I had this connection that the moon was mine. I remember there was a park outside in front of the house. And we would howl together. As silly as it was, it brought joy. It brought connection to the two of us. My fear about my dad dissipated in those sweet, tender moments. And every time I see the moon, I think back. And I recognize that no matter what has happened, we stand under the same full moon, illuminated by its light. In time, I recognized that when the moon changes shape, when it wanes, when it waxes, that the sun behind the earth, casting the shadows of the earth onto the moon, The moon isn't changing shape. We are simply shifting perception. As my dad got sick, I began to wonder if the shadows of my past were preventing me from loving the person he is today. How much time have I wasted in resentment? How much time will I spend wondering if I could ever change what has happened? So instead... I recommit. I recommit to see my dad as his whole self. I knowing that the shadows of what has happened in the past can prevent us from seeing each other in full perception today. What else is there? How can I know that what happened then won't happen now? I remember grabbing my blue Nike duffel bag in place of soccer cleats and shin guards. I placed journals, photos, and my favorite clothes. It felt like I couldn't get enough things into that bag. How could I possibly fit my entire life into one bag? I looked around the room, my sanctuary, and I said goodbye. I said farewell to the life that I knew because it no longer served me. My dad took me to school that morning. I put my bag in the car and we shared stories along the way to school. He dropped me off. I gave him a hug and he told me that he loved me. I went to school that day knowing that that was going to be my last day there. It was my 17th birthday. The other members of the associated student body met me during the homecoming assembly and greeted me with a cake. We sat together. We celebrated together, though many of them didn't know that that was going to be the last time that they saw me. It was the hardest day I had ever experienced. Then in thinking about it now, knowing what I do, how could I have possibly comprehended the trajectory that was happening to my life in that very moment? I sat back during the homecoming assembly, watched the royalty win their crowns, 
And then it was time. It was time for me to grab my soccer bag full of my life, get on a plane, and leave. And there were very distinct moments leading up to uh, the decision I made in leaving. It was this constant fear that was dragging me under where I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. It was impacting the way that I allowed others to see me. It impacted what love meant to me. It impacted what family meant to me. And so I moved in with my sister. It was time. I grabbed my duffel bag and I got in the back seat of my best friend's car. And the three of us drove all the way to SeaTac. A family friend heard word I was leaving and attempted to convince me to stay. And by that time, word had gotten back to my parents and I already had my mind made up. And with the support of my sister, I got on that plane and I made it to California. I got off the plane and all I could do was cry. I cried in fear that I was going to have to return and face my family, having just run away. The police came to take a report. And this report led for a restraining order against my dad. That he couldn't talk to me, he couldn't call me, he couldn't email me. He couldn't howl at the moon with me. It began to sink in what had happened. My entire life changed. Nobody had ever written the manual into how to leave an abusive home. I hid the stories. I was so full of shame. It was these moments with my friends where I would see their family photos on the walls and just wonder what it was like. What could it possibly be like to experience love in that way? My sister, her husband, and her kids were the type of family I had envisioned, the type of family that sits down at the dinner table every night, a family that has tacos on Fridays and goes to church on Sabbath. I wondered if I had made the right decision I questioned. I questioned the pain I had put my family through. As an adult now, I couldn't comprehend losing a, a child in that way. And for them to never come home from school. To have a notice of a restraining order. In the blink of an eye, losing complete custody. I recognized that being adopted meant that my parents chose me. I still asked myself why. After working through all of that, how could you treat a child that way? I started school at the beginning of spring semester. I was uncool. <laughs> Going from Seattle to California was a huge shift. I was alone. I felt more alone than I did then. I wondered how long it would take. The days became dark. The nights became dark. I couldn't comprehend any of it. What happens next? I put on the face, the face that I knew, the smiles, the laughter, the overachieving, the high grades, the cleanup after myself, the do my chores on time. I did all of the things, and then I would cry myself to sleep at night, 
still unsure of what love meant. The first full moons after that moment, I still looked up in the sky and I howled. I howled in pain. I howled wishing and wanting things to be so different. I didn't have the tools I needed. I was put together as my new family seemed. I didn't have access to healing tools. I didn't go to therapy. I didn't talk to anybody. It was get your act together and move on. I remember English class my senior year. My dad would send me secret emails. My cat had died, and he let me know that he howled for Lily, and he howled for me. I built a softness for my dad. After not speaking for so long, after seeing him more, and after considering what I had done, it made a difference. I had a really hard time talking about how I felt. And for such a long time, I trained myself to not share any of it, to not tell people what was going on. I didn't want people to know me in that way or to know that those were the things that I carried. And so I continued to hide. I couldn't quite process any of it. People talked a lot about self-harm. I remember I had engaged in that behavior when I was 13, 14. It became more accessible again. Used it as a way to manage my pain. It's like I could see it. I could see exactly what was happening on my skin. It was there. It was the impact. Much like other teens my age, I hid my scars really well. Nobody asked. Nobody saw them. I was changing. I cut my hair. I changed the clothing that I wore. I started listening to different music. Even after moving away from my family, I was still so lost. And trying to grab a concept of who I wanted to be, all of what I held inside me was unresolved. It was just buried and layered. I went through the rest of my senior year going through the motions, getting the grades that I needed, applying for colleges, completing the projects, still searching. By the time that summer came after senior year, I was ready to let go. My self-harm habits turned into something bigger. I began to think more deeply if I wanted to move on. Things didn't feel better after leaving home. They just got more complicated. That summer, I drank. I drank a lot. I worked at a restaurant that summer. It was a barbecue pit. It was fun. We opened the restaurant together, and it was a special bond. It was the kind of barbecue pit that anytime somebody ordered a big feast for the table... We got to sing as it came down the aisle to the table. We sang for birthdays. We sang just because. I didn't have a curfew and I was already 18, so my sister asked the courtesy to check in. So I drank. 
I drank to escape. I drank to process. I drank to connect. That summer set me on a path of self-destruction. There were no healthy tools. Drinking was the first thing that worked. I told myself I would never be like my parents. After I drank at that SAT party at 16, that was it. I swore off. I would never be like them. But this summer was different. This was the summer that it worked. That I could finally escape the pain that I felt in my body. It was a revolution. I started college that fall and attempted to leave those drinking habits behind, but they came with me. And by the time I turned 19, I had smoked weed for the first time. And six months after that, I got really curious. That was the fall that my restraining order with my dad had lifted, where he could contact me. So I created space to call my dad. Every time I hung up the phone, I just wept. I cried and I cried and I cried. I would turn to whoever I was dating at the time and ask for comfort, ask for clarity, ask for help. How could I let my dad back into my life with everything that had been said, with everything that had been done? What happens now? And now that I've forged this pathway into my brand new life, a life where family doesn't dictate what I do, who I am, I do. And I set up this pathway. It was a lonely one. And through freshman year, I became social. I did all the things. But alcohol began to take over. began to party. I'd stayed out late. I lost interest in school. And through my sophomore year, I was different once again. I let go of everything I had known myself to be. I still had not ever let go. As I've grown older, I recognized that the way I processed the pain with my dad, the way I mourned family, created big impacts. That today, I look at my timeline and I choose happiness. I choose joy. I choose to have a relationship with my father today as he's in his later years as a 78-year-old man who is very sick, who can't hit me anymore, who doesn't yell at me. So I create space for him The difference today is I know it's a choice. I see him for who he is today without the shadows of the past. It took all of these moments along the way to understand what it all meant. To know that I was in pain because I was holding on to the weight. I had this giant bucket in my body that I just threw the rocks of all of the experiences, the sadness, and the mourn into this bucket, and I kept it in my body. While I was in school, therapy was available to me. I began to share what had happened. Of course, the friends in my life, whenever I would talk about the things, they would be so alarmed. 
And I wondered, is it better to just not talk about it at all? Can people see me separate from my trauma, from the things that I've experienced? It was hard to say. Therapy helped me find freedom. It took for me as a sophomore in college to know that I had an option. My therapist told me that he couldn't help me if I was still engaging with alcohol and drugs the way that I was. It was all hand in hand. That this was the only way I could experience freedom. That until he could give me a better way to deal, what else was I supposed to do? So what changed? When did I start processing all of these things in a different way? It took for me to be really scared to lose my life. I asked myself, was it worth it? Was it worth poisoning my body because of what somebody else has done? Was it worth it? Was it worth wanting to die? And to contemplate my own suicide? Would things be easier? Would I feel freedom? A few things happened. More trauma showed up in my life that pushed me deeper into my addiction. That those things happened. That compounded my experience of family and betrayal. My addiction spun out in a way that I dropped out of school. I separated myself from all of the people that I knew. I hid away. And then I lost Ryan. Ryan passed away from an OD. It was in October. Eight years ago, he called me the night before and asked me to hang out, and I was so scared to use again. And I said no. And that was it. I got a call the next morning that he didn't make it. I asked myself if if that was the journey I was on. Was that how I wanted to go out? What would it take to live again? I had hit this emotional rock bottom in my life, this financial rock bottom. I didn't have anything. I made a commitment that week. Banging my fist at the bar with a drink in my hand, wishing it would just bring him back. It clicked in that moment that no matter how much I drink, no matter how much I use, No matter how far I run away, the reality is that this is my life. These are the exact things that have happened to get me to this point. How do I accept that? That this story is mine. It is mine to share. It is mine to build connection to others with. Could I drop the shame? I put alcohol down. I put the drugs down. I started a new venture, a venture into recovery that opened my eyes that it was okay. It was okay to go through these things because no single person is perfect. No single person has a perfect experience of the world, a family of love. I could be broken. I could be wounded all to a bigger pathway of a new experience to thrive a new experience to live, to really live, 
to choose joy in all things that I do. It's not been easy, but it's better than crying myself to sleep at night wishing things were different. I look at it now and sure, how silly has it been that I poisoned my body and my mind for something I simply could just look and say, yeah, these things happened and they hurt. I can reframe my world today so that maybe those things don't happen. My pathway to recovery was the most important decision I had made for myself. It gave me an opportunity to drop the resentment I had against my dad. It didn't happen right away. It took a lot of years. It took a lot of examining my heart. It took a lot of examining what I want for my future. And really what I discovered was that I could love that young person inside of me that wanted that same love as a child. That same love that I had wished for from the family members in my life. That same love that I wish for every single time I start a new relationship. That same love that only I am capable of giving to myself. That's what made the difference. That's been the whole point of this journey. That's self-healing in a nutshell. That is healing. The self-discovery. I see the moon today in a whole new way. And now I honor the space of life that my dad is entering into, knowing that it won't be for forever. I can still howl at the moon with my dad today. I can choose to have a dad today. It might look different, but he still tells me he's proud of me. And he's gone out of his way to recognize that he's not perfect. And I still get to draw boundaries of what I'm okay with today and what I'm not okay with. Our relationship has changed, but I'm not hurt by his presence today. I refuse to hurt myself because of fear. I refuse to harm my body with resentment and poison just because of the past. I love myself in spite of it all. But even though I've been through all of this, I can be a powerful presence in the life of others. I can give back. I can be of service in a way that really shows me what love is all about. It's more than an intimate connection between two lovers. It's more than a familial protection. Love is being connected to something bigger than myself. Love is truly believing that I'm not alone. Love has been the answer to my journey. Love is the catalyst to healing. The moon takes on many shapes during the month as the earth continues to spin around the sun. We see shapes of the moon from the gibbouses to the crescents to the full moon to the new moon. The reality is that the moon has not changed shapes at all. 
The sun cast its shadow from the earth to the moon. And what we see is simply a perception. So my challenge is to see the moon. To know that even if I see a small sliver of the moon, the moon is still there in its entirety. The man in the moon still lives, sits, and breathes. And I still howl at the moon today. I howl in celebration. I howl for connection. I howl for fullest self-expression. I howl at the moon because I choose to howl at the moon. How free is that?